admiration of a world of people as man, a species born and who lived all his life on Earth, moved through this journey out into the solar system and so I found this kind of story personally embarrassing myself.
five minutes past 12 midnight. Sacramento, the heart of California and around the world. Genuine Modern Radio. Radio Flom. Cornfields dot the hillsides where once there were hickory and chestnut. New ideas are not easy to come by when learning passes from mouth to mouth. October begins the color and the competition. Leaves compete with leaves. This week on the radio, Flom broadcast. Engelberg Humperdinck battles the spiders from Mark. Your big toe is trying to tell you something but are you really listening and can you fly around in your personal helicopter you soon will
And I'd always been into music, but I did all sorts of creative stuff and it wasn't just that. And I remember the first time I wrote a song which I thought, and my mum thought was actually like a good song. <laughs> and then she was like, where did that come from? <laughs> um, and yeah, I guess that's, that's basically how it started. The word they're using to describe you is prolific. You have how many albums at this point? Um, I don't, well, uh, that I've actually written and recorded is quite a lot, but that I've actually released in a visible way would be about, would be five albums, but it's obviously more. And now, Radio Flums, Steve Mehalo, talks to multifaceted and prolific recording artist. Elsa Hewitt. Buddhist music was what sort of helped me through a difficult time when I was starting secondary school and I was quite shy, <laughs> in fact really shy and also just became unable to really communicate with anyone, even talk to people that were really close to me previously and um, but at that time I started playing guitar and pretty much straight away started making up chords or just learning chords and then adding notes on and taking notes off and like pretty much the second I started playing it and then also writing melodies and basically I just ended up channeling all of my like sad dark thoughts into these songs and I became obsessed with songwriting basically and just that just basically took over my life. And I read that your parents were musicians. From what I know of uh, trained musicians, it's sort of like... Uh... Yeah, well, they're not trained musicians. They were more sort of uh, amateur, and they just did it for fun. So they used to be in a band in the early 80s, and it was like a more experimental, raucous version of Talking Heads. <laughs> I would say. I mean, I, I only listened to the tapes recently. I never heard them before, as far as I know. And I only <laughs> heard them for the first time, like, last year. And uh, I was like, this is crazy. Uh, my parents are more crazy than I thought they were. <laughs> um, and so, But my dad is like a creative writer and a playwright, and he was pretty critical. Like, basically taught me to question literally everything I do. <laughs> in, in a good way, I think. 
but like um but my mum was is basically just a really honest person and that's it really like she's a singer as well I see all this energy going into your work and and I believe strongly if you enjoy what you're doing you're just going to keep going I could go up and treat it like work or I could get up and treat it like fun but I suppose there are different ways of approaching it um and being self-employed in London I do have a slight pressure on me to be proactive when it comes to like making enough money and stuff Uh, and the one thing that keeps me feeling sort of secure is if I manage to do like a certain amount of work each day or a certain amount of progression uh, with whatever it is that I'm making basically I've achieved what I really wanted to do in life which is basically be a musician and that's it (laughs) I just wanted to like I just wanted to make enough money from it to not have to have a part-time job and that's sort of what has happened so now my hobbies I've literally mainly yoga and sort of meditation and reading and uh thinking about pondering things and yeah I don't know um basically more my part-time hobby now is essentially it sounds a bit uh cheesy or hipstery but i would say spiritual growth in a way mm-hmm. um it's... there's there's feelings behind every song that you're doing yeah and i work with music on it will get me in the mood for whatever i'm doing and i find it very very important yeah definitely ideally i you can get into a flow state with it where you're not yeah. thinking about anything at all even you're just doing like just being doing all in one um and a week goes by and you forgot to eat (laughs) exactly (laughs) i love it when that happens even though it's really unhealthy but you somehow suddenly find you've just day has just passed really quickly because you've just been really absorbed in what you're doing what you're doing you are pushing yourself forward you're not just sort of doing the same thing over and over what's driving you on that it's really pretty simple like i feel like i'm I've only just been at like the tip of the iceberg when it comes to electronic production. Even though I have been producing albums technically for like 15 years, as in making arrangements and recording them myself and adding whatever over the top of guitar and vocals for quite a long time, producing in that sense. When I started making things electronically, I had so many ideas of what it could be, and I still do have a lot of ideas of what I could do and the more I do it the more uh, possibilities I discover and also one of the ways that I've generally progressed and developed over time is by just taking on one new thing at a time and seeing like what I can do with that one thing uh, pushing that as far as it can go so like with guitar that's I did that for a lot of years until I just didn't want to just play guitar and sing anymore. It just was too boring. I've done it for too long. But obviously now I can use guitar in loads of different ways um, and I've got my own way of playing it. And then so after that, it would have been my synth uh, and I worked out all the different ways I could perform and write songs with that. Um, And then it sort of like sort of blew up into the world of beats (laughs) and everything else. so every album is basically like me choosing a new thing to 
like mess around with and use as a theme in a way and see how many good things I can get out of it um in a way I guess there's like different things that make up what make up an album and the collection but my main aim is essentially to just keep refining my production mm -hmm. and seeing how good it can get really in a way do you actually finish your projects <laughs> you actually are able to put things out or do you have a million things you haven't finished yet um to be honest yeah i finish all the things that need to be finished um that are worth finishing <laughs> i usually um like, i don't like bother making something unless i know it's gonna be good uh okay. also i think it's because it gets to a point where i can see a sort of vision of what the finished thing will be like and uh, it's quite easy to just like just put in the hours to to get to that point um and also i make the tracks quite quickly the compositions and then after that it's literally a matter of going back over it and then well less so now that i'm a bit better and also i've learned a lot of different ways of like fortifying the whole thing as i go along each sound I'm much more organized now. But it's because I have more time now because I don't have a part-time job anymore. How did you get to the point where you recognize where it's working or it's not working? Is it opinions from others? Um, That's a hard question though. <laughs> That's a difficult one because sometimes there's something I really like about a thing and there's some things that is just really not that good about it. And I guess I have a few goes I could like continue trying to see what I could do with it and whether it could be good and whether it could take off and then I just stop when when I get tired of it and I either go back to it or I don't I guess that makes sense to me yeah <laughs> I, I I wonder about that because uh, I actually teach people to see that one of my dirty little secrets I've been a designer for 30 years every time I've won an award or it's like oh that's like like there was one day I got all these emails going oh my god we saw how the color came out on that and the truth was my hand slipped in Photoshop and the negative image came up and I was like oh that looks neat okay I'll send that to the client and it turns out it was like the perfect color combination it was totally <laughs> accidental and I started discovering over the years that all the good stuff I was doing was an accident. It was like, <laughs> I get that. and then someone eventually said to me, but you know when to recognize it. And then when I started teaching, I would see it happen with students and they would just, they would hit this brilliant moment and then they would just keep going. I was like, no, no, you're supposed to stop right there. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I get that as well. <laughs> uh, I love it when that happens. It's so, it's so magical when uh, something amazing happens and she's like I was just doing anything anything that came into my head and just like blah 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 and then suddenly there's like oh this this is amazing I didn't even intend to make this but it's amazing it basically is if you didn't have that instinct to just like stop like are you going really fast like do this do this do this but then stop as soon as something like is resonant resonates and um it's just like it's so I, I guess some maybe some people like will start writing something and they'll go with the first thing they do and see if they can make it good and or something like that I don't know and but they never get excited by it and I feel like I only like I suddenly see where a track's gonna, gonna, gonna go when I get excited by it and usually quite often it's an accident that 
that happens that but i just basically keep going until that accident happens half the time you know what i mean since i figured this out i spent like the past 10 years trying to create accidents (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i I only know by the results of the difference in the results from when i was a tortured teenager (laughs) being a sort of slightly enlightened adult (laughs) i don't Uh, know I don't think there are enlightened adults. <laughs> no, there definitely aren't. There's, there's something about being open to having new stuff coming in and uh, not being satisfied with things the way they are and then changing them. That's pretty much Picasso's entire career. He was not satisfied. He just kept going forward, 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 even in old age. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that about him, but that is kind of how I feel. Like yeah. I am. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, that hasn't changed for a while, so it doesn't seem like it's going to change. Where do you want to see yourself in ten years? Everywhere. <laughs> no, uh, uh, that's very good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I guess, and that is like, I still feel like um, I haven't like reached my full potential. And it comes to audience and reach. But every single time I play or introduce someone to my stuff, I basically get a new convert. And I, I just feel like I don't really know where I want to be. That's a really difficult question, uh, as you know. Uh, yeah, I'd like to be uh, playing or have the opportunity to play anywhere um, and to have a band that I could do live sets with to have people who go on tour with me, like, so to share the burden. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, I am going on a tour. I'm always touring, but I've not done a really organized tour before. I don't, I don't know if that would be, like, that enjoyable anyway, but that's something that I'll just have to do at some point. In 10 years, yeah, that, that could be achievable in 10 years. Uh, I don't think everything really goes to plan. I, I think the fun thing is to be open with whatever happens. Exactly, I agree. That's kind of how I feel. I don't really want to think that far ahead. I, it's just not, not something that seems natural to me to think that far ahead. Um, yeah, because I don't even know what kind of music I'll be making by that point, but it could be <laughs> it could be anything. <laughs> if I, I could, might not even be a musician, I don't know. What do you think your most experimental one is on the current album? I probably would say that thing, partly because leaving it as minimal as I did and not doing a proper vocal line, but just doing weird vocals that don't make sense particularly and just being okay with the fact that that is what it is. I don't really know if that was most experimental. I guess actually because it was like a sort of simultaneous, there was like a sort of method to that album, which was recording what was happening outside the room at the same time as I was making the track. That was basically just, I took a break and was sitting in my garden with, and like, um, my old garden used to be next to a school football field. I just decided to record it on my phone and then I dropped it into the track and it was in the perfect place, like, in the first, the first time I dropped it in. Um, I didn't really plan to do that, but I just decided that it was perfect within the track when I went back to it. Thank you.
Elsa Hewitt. Please find here on Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp or at elsahewitt.com. And the nuclear powers have just denied rumors that the world's waters are being polluted by nuclear waste. They say that the pollution is being caused not by them, but by all the dead fish we have today in the sea. Okay. Okay, so I have to read the history in order to understand number two. Um, in return, okay, so the, this is just primarily talking. This is somebody, their name is Giacomo Bala. They um, were an Italian painter was the most established of the painters who signed the Futuristic Manifesto in 1910. When he signed it, his friends and family despaired. Bala himself recollected in the third person. Recollected in the third person. That's him talking about it. Manifesto at his first reading, Turin Machilara Theater, 1910, received not only whistles, shouts, insults, and threats, but rotten fruit and spoiled spaghetti. Burned the museums, the painter shattered. Drained the canals of Venice. Let's kill the moonlight. In return, this Italian group, also Petroni, Saferari, Cara, Sara, Russello, and Russello, suffered from the notion that the very nearly transpine cubists a few years later, the fortress determined not to be known as English futurists. Nothing is so chauvinist as the French art. It's a manifesto. <laughs> Radio Flom presents Jess Kevin performing as Dangerous E. Poitrimano Futurismo. Hi, welcome to the Cafe Cliche. Here's your waters. Gosh, there's exactly one ice cube in each yes, one. Yes, it's That's very cliche. So cliche. Yeah. Wow. Have you time? Have you had time to look at our menus yet? Yeah, you know they're all. Uh, they have two items on them. Yes. So coffee, coffee, and coffee and croissant. Yeah. That's a cafe. It's a cafe. That's what we call it. Cafe. 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 I'll have a cafe. What? I'll have the cafe. Uh, madam, you don't seem to understand. This is a cliche. Uh huh. So if you could just order the croissant or the coffee or both. You can't. Yeah, the cafe. I want the mm. full cafe experience. Okay. So the cafe, please. Not possible. My dog also wants a cafe. Thank you for giving them some water, by I, the way. Yes. I, my, well, there's nobody, nobody else here, and I said, here's your waters. So yes. clearly I'm talking I also to you. put my dog on the chair. Yeah. So. Yes, no. I've, Please don't refer I, to my dog as nothing. I enjoy it his hurts hat. her soul. I'm. It's a very cliche experience. I'm gonna be right back, okay? Okay. Oh, Boochums, are you having a good time? Oh, it's such a cute papa. No, don't don't be sad. No, it's okay. Yeah, do you want your water? You want your water? Rough. Oh, it's such a cute little puppy. Okay, I talked to the chef. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> he said he could do a croissant or a coffee. Which mm-hmm. would you like? I would like the cafe, please. Thank you. Okay, that's two cafes. Again, that's I can't order. I can't write that down and give it to him. Ramon. Yes, Ramon. That's my that's name. That's your name. That's Ramon. on your name tag. Yes, I. My family is Italian. They immigrated here when I was seven. I don't need your backstory, Ramon. And when no one needs your backstory. Poochums, do you need Ramon's backstory? No, no, no. Oh, look at that, Ramon. No one needs your backstory. Okay. 
I just want a coffee. Two coffees. So two ca- two coffees. Two coffees. The cafe experience. Okay, I'll be right back. We're not gonna give him a tip, are we, Mr. Poochum? No, right, right, right. no, we're not. Madam, just so you know, I'm gonna be gone for at least twenty to thirty minutes, which is standard oh, cafe co- time. Cafe cliche oh, time. Yes, yeah. yes. Great, enjoy. Um, if you like, uh, we have some uh, breadsticks there in front of you on the table. Mm-hmm. They're old. You can oh, have are them. they stale? They're stale. Stale. Okay. If you need them, throw them around, whatever you want to do, it's fine. Okay, okay. thank you also, so much for um, we are having a family of four behind you, and mm-hmm. the kids are going to run around and kick your chair, just so you know, it's a standard cafe experience. Oh, I, no, Ramon, that sounds like a family restaurant experience. Oh, you're right, I'll kick them out. Thank you, thank you. Who brings their kids to a cafe, me, your puchos, that's so silly. Oh, they don't go pop up. Imagine the dog was like, Mustache. <laughs> yeah. What kind of dog was it then? Who do you think he was? Oh, Scottish Terrier. Scottish Terrier. Oh, it was a Scottish Terrier. Okay, uh, protesters, let's all gather up. Gather up protesters. Oh, 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 oh. Great, great. Okay, great. All right. Okay, we have a sick child. Okay. Great, okay. Nope, that's not what the... Ladies and gentlemen, I've organized this protest to drain the canals. Guys, are you on this? Are we on the drain the canals? Okay, you guys are just sitting around, jumping around, going rump, 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 so I'm kind of confused. Doesn't really give a message out. It's our, uh, it's our battle cry. Okay. Okay. You, you know, seem to be the leader of the group. Step forward. Which is weird because I thought you were the leader of the group. I am, but apparently so, no one's listening you know, to me. But you, so step forward. I'm make an example of you. Yes, you. What's your name? From, oh, from, no, don't. Can you walk without saying that? Have you ever walked in hump from? I know. Try it. No. Try it. I'm not. Do it. No. Do it. This is my... Stop stealing my protest, okay? These canals are killing fish, and we need to drain them to stop killing the fish. I mean, you're right. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Now I want you to do that both stepping and harumphing at the beginning, middle, and end. Just I, try it. Before I do that, I'm going to read from my manifesto. What's that? What's the manifesto? What do you mean? What is that? It's a manifesto. What's I don't a have manifesto? To explain it. I don't have to explain no, it. I need an explanation. What's a manifesto? It's, uh, it's. You're running away. No, no, he started them all. <laughs> sorry, sorry. What's a manifesto? Nothing. What's a manifesto with you? Don't make jokes on a serious matter. You're right. My fault. Yeah. Uh, this is my Greenpeace manifesto. Okay. All right. Ready? We all agree with these, correct? Rump, rump, rump. Good. I'll take rump. that. Rump, rump, rump means yes from now on. Yeah. Okay. It always did. Good. All right. Death to all humans. Uh, it's mostly a list format. I'm just going to read them off Wait, the you list. You mean it's a bullet points? Bullet points, yes, bullet points. Um, I love the earth. Boy, we, we don't condone violence. Okay, they're uh, air gun points. 
But the first boy is Death Doll. He, that's violence. All right, all right. Well, if we oh, let, me, let me change it real quick, okay? okay. Scribbling. Okay. Scribbling. Rum, 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 okay. Rum, rum, all right, all right, okay. Rum, uh, if we don't save the Earth, death to all humans. Well, yeah, that just that makes sense. Great. Well, if we can accept number one as factual truth, then anything I say is going to help save the Earth. Verso V, ergo, you should all listen to me. Thank rump, you. Rump, yes, rump, yes, rump, yes. Rump, okay, you. hold up. Whoa, guys. Whoa, 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 guys. If you don't, if you don't yes your own manifesto, how can we follow you? Um, I, I can't do what you're asking me to do because I don't have any legs. You don't need legs. If I do this, will you follow me to the ends of the earth? As a cult. As a cult. As a cult, right? Okay, good. Alright, get the kid out of here. I'm tired of the kid. My mommy is here. Oh, okay. Well, you, if you brought someone, you're fine. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> um, uh, how did it go again? I don't know. What's a manifesto? How, how did the phrase go again? Here? Okay, here we go. Ruff, 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 ruff. Push him into the canal! No, Push no! Him ah! the canal. Ah! Oh, they're full of fish! They're eating me! Well, we saved another fish. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm uh, retired. I can't, I can't do it. I'm done. I'm out. I'm over. I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. You're gonna stare into my face. You're gonna tell me, an innocent child, <sighs> you're never gonna do that no more. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. No, that's not me. It's not who I am. I. I am done with the game. So you did a double negative. What? And I might be tiny, an innocent child. I feel like this is going but somewhere. But I know what a double negative means. Then okay. Double neg negative means positive. All right, fine. I'll okay. You. I'm gonna do one more game of hide and seek. Yeah. I'm the hide and seek champ. Yeah. I went to Osaka. Yeah. I, I beat all the Japanese at hide and seek. That's a little borderline offensive. Everything I do tonight is a little borderline offensive. I'm sorry. Oh. It was. It was. A, is it make up better if that was where the hide and seek champions were at? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. All right, fine. <laughs> now I'm British. That's why they could never find you. Yes, now you found me for a trick. I'm changing my voice to hide in the populace. I'm disappearing into the crowd. No, I still see you. Where am I? You're right there. Am I over here? No, you're right there. <laughs> yeah, found you. Damn, okay. Oh, all right, fine. You found me. Okay. You found me real good. You found me real good. The, the secret was you didn't close your eyes. No. <laughs> so, uh... So this time, you're yeah. going to have to close your eyes and count, and then I have to hide. Oh, can you give me a high five first? Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Why well, have the high five? Because I just put a GPS tracker on what? your hand. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, that's not right, man. That ain't right. 
Wait, so I got right. It, oh, I can't do that. You do. You, uh, uh, you're the best. You're the best to hide yeah, and go see yeah. person. You um, don't matter. I, I'm gonna beat you. I'm gonna beat you, little kid. Okay. All right. Chapter ten. All right. Ten. No, you gotta start from one to ten. Oh, you didn't. You never gave a stipulation. I just did. Okay. One to ten. Nope. Okay. You got me again. Alright, you uh, well the GPS is useless then. I'm right here. I can't go nowhere. <laughs> it's back up there. Okay. Okay, all all people oh, are. Is that your mom? Over there? She waving hi. Hi how dare mom. You? How dare you? My oh mom. god, she dead. <laughs> She's dead. Oh no. <laughs> she dead! Oh no. Hey, 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 here you go. It's my hide and seek belt. There you go, crying tears on that. You won. I'm done. You did it. Congratulations. But now you have to hide, and I have to find you. I've been hiding this whole time. What? What? I've been hiding behind an emotional wall. Oh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Look, I I came I just came in here to use the bathroom, so I'm gonna use the bathroom now at this costume. <laughs> yeah. Is that all right? I just goodbye. Nice socks. Different colors, I like that. It's cold. For what? Why don't you go use the bathroom? I'm going to. Mm -hmm. Go for what? You have to tell me before I go to the bathroom. Oh, maybe I'll tell you when you're going to the bathroom. Don't do that. Okay, here I am going to the bathroom. Don't tell, don't follow an adult into the bathroom, you weird. I no, I'm just outside the stall. You're weird. <laughs> you're a weird guy. You're a weird kid. You wanna do a buddy cop? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go solve crimes. I am also a cop. That's what I thought. I'm an aspiring cop. My socks are a code for cop. Hey, kid, what's your name? My name? It's been so long since the police asked me for my name. They always call me kid. Look, I didn't ask for your backstory. Oh, right. Okay. That's valid. They call me Mr. Oh, okay. They call me Officer Bunny, so... So it'll be Mr. Bunny. <laughs> Mr. and Bunny. Mr. and Bunny. High five. Well, I'm really short. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you put the GPS tracker on me! <laughs> <laughs> and I've been hiding this whole time. Oh, Bob! Yes! <laughs> it could be considered that... One day, the whole universe will be filled with humans. All planets will be terraformed. The latest track from Wake the Fuck Up. You can find WTFU at soundcloud.com slash W-A-K-E-T-F-U-P.
you listening to Radio Flom? In your favorite easy chair? Or... Next week, Radio Flom will be all up in your little ear caves about the awesome Reno Museum of Art. And if you haven't seen Jack Malati or George O'Keefe Living Modern, you definitely should because they're closing October 20th. Head to Reno. It's in Nevada, which is where the Burning Man lives, along with Eagle and Bert and Dino and the rest of the Rat Pack. Oh, and an Art Deco post office that has to be seen to believe. Or so I'm told. I'm just reading this office script after all. Anyways, to get there, if you're from Sacramento, just go over the big hills and out the direction of the sunrise. Not the mall, the real sunrise. You know, the one in the sky. If you're from anywhere else in the world, I don't know, Google Maps it. Radio Flaw. Um, okay. Founded 1923. Now within the bounds of the law. Drew a little picture in my brain Of how I thought my whole life would be Everything in perfect harmony Love just like the coin on silver screens But little did I know that it'd be in See my darkest storm and then come undone Learn my biggest lesson, lesson in love But little did I know that it'd be in love I'd see my darkest storm and then come undone Learn my biggest lesson, lesson in love But it's when we're broken we find strength Eyes wide open to reality Not everything's always as it seems And not every dream is guaranteed But little did I know that it'd be in love I'd also see the sunrise again above It's the greatest blessing, blessing in love See the sunrise again above It's the greatest blessing, blessing in love It's divine I never felt this way before And like And like anything I've known It's divine And like anything I've known See the sun Yeah.
Yeah, you've come to save a day down beat. Yeah, my hips, they won't complain. That was Trinket. Picture in my brain. Check out the awesome video posted at flom.us slash radio forward. Stories define society, and storytelling technologies change the world. Flomist Suzanne Leibrick, TEDx, Warbash College, 2019. So why do we keep trying to find new ways to tell each other stories? People started writing things down a lot more, and sharing it more, and some of those things still exist today. So radio really changed that. Radio is a real-time medium. What you see is curated by somebody else. And even today, it's very hard for people who are marginalized to get their stories told. But the truth is, every single one of these technologies, at some point in time, somebody said, this is gonna be the end of society. So imagine if you could capture yourself as you are today, in 2019. How you looked, how you sounded, what your mannerisms are your personality and your memories. Imagine if you could capture all of that and then 10 or 20 years from now, be able to have a conversation with your younger self. Storytelling, immersive media, digital humans and a bit of time travel. That's what our very own Suzanne has been working on. And you can find her whole TEDx talk at flom.us slash radio forward. Because as of now, I'm assigning it as homework. Watch. Story technologies that changed the world. And if you have something to say about it, drop us a note at flom.us slash contact. And we'll have a lively class discussion on an upcoming episode. Any questions? How do you cure hiccups? You know, That is a good question. Why don't you look up the answer and present it to the class next week? Okay, it's a really pretty day in Portland. The sky is blue. The sun's happening, we're getting a little vitamin D, hopefully. It's vitamin D these days. (laughs) Many new and improved types have followed the early models. But future funds are no longer just an experiment. Different types for different purposes. Future funds can be crowded together in a small space. In size, reliability, and ruggedness too. Future funds has many advantages. And research goes on to future funds. It's still more useful. I'm on a mission to get people who are discovering fonts for the first time to number one, stop hating fonts. That seems to be a constant. We have to go out and hate this thing called Comic Sans. And it's like, we have enough hate in the world right now. And I'd like to get them away from the free fonts and find that if they invest a little money, there's some beautiful things out there. And that brings me to you guys. I'm Lizzie Gershenson, one of the co-founders of Feature Fonts. 
I'm Travis Coggle. So Future Fonts is a place where you can uh, license typefaces that are in progress. And so the, the way it works is that the designer will put out a typeface and maybe it only has uppercase and some basic punctuation. And then they'll offer it for pretty cheap. And then as if you buy it at that stage, then you get updates for free. And so as, as the designer releases a new version, price also goes up to those who are just jumping in on it. And so that's kind of like at the base of it, but it's also been kind of this fun community that has kind of rallied around it that because the process is exposed and so who are using the type can kind of see how, how the, the typefaces are being made and also help influence what comes next. And then type designers also get a closer loop to the designers using the fonts. So they get to see cool design projects, musicians that are using it, magazines that are using it. And not only do they get feedback being, we want this feature or this feature would be cool or like this could be tweaked a little bit. They're also being able to see it in use, which is a really cool moment for a type designer, seeing their work on designs that are outside of just what they've done and other designers giving it life. The stuff I'm looking at that you have here, this is where the world is heading with typography. If there's going to be any trends, they're showing up on your site. I mean, I think that's what's cool about Future Fonts too, is it's from designers designing now. James Edmondson helped us at first, was invaluable helping ask a group of designers that not only were super, super talented and understood the process of releasing a typeface, but also kind of had a pulse in the graphic design world on what's going on now. And so they kind of straddled both of those lines. From that, it's just tried to let more designers in that have those qualities. And so I think it kind of hits trends happening now, or even influences trends happening now too. Type is such a fundamental part of design. There's imagery, there's photography, there's illustration, there's type. But type is definitely, fonts are are one of them. And I think a lot of people overlook it. And I think future fonts, some of these designs kind of scream a little bit louder than some workhorse typefaces. And I think it's also very expressive of energies happening now without having to draw something or leaning on photography to communicate it. It just focuses on the content itself with an interesting voice to express it in the font. Yeah, the only thing I'll add to that is the structure of the site itself is set up in a way that encourages experimentation and um, trying ideas out that the process of making a typeface is so long and involved. It can be risky to just invest a couple of years on a design. And so you want to make sure that it's going to be something that people are into. So you, you tend to stay a little safer with your choices. But with this, you can really quickly try out an idea and see if there's an interest in it and if it's like headed in the right direction. Typefaces that you're probably going to release in several years, you might not want to hit a design trend because those things move so quickly. And so you're going to maybe do something a little more classic that will last like a a white button-down shirt that you can wear forever. That's not going to fade. Whereas like Future Fonts gives designers the opportunity to kind of release something that's more on trend, a little riskier. And like if it still has usefulness, continue on it and grow it. Oh, and also Future Fonts lends itself well to like marketing a typeface because it helps the graphic designer really understand what new features they can use. And so like 
because we're breaking it up into updates, it's like maybe um, old style numerals or uh, alternative ligature. Like there's these things that kind of feel scary and intimidating with when you're buying like this huge typeface, but if you break it up into updates, it they make sense. The words might be a little long and clumsy or like unapproachable for some people, but once you actually see it in slides and like have a better understanding and see the blog post or like dissect it a little bit and it's not everything at once, it's a little more approachable, I think, personally. Um, and it kind of gives you insights into what the process looks like and kind of what designers work on first and what they kind of release as it grows. If you if you have some extra cash, maybe you can forego the coffee this week. Get your hands on something that's that's really beautifully done by a professional and get your hands on it before anyone else. Oh, the one other thing I remembered I wanted to say was when you were talking about defonts and future fonts and other foundries, it's like anything. It's like if you're buying nice clothes or well-made, it's like nice to know where it's coming from. You can trust the designers. There's, there's kind of... Um, a curation that goes into it as well. And especially with design, if you're doing it professionally, one, if you're working for a client, I would say you don't want to put that company at risk with the font because you don't know really where it's coming from. But there are good free fonts. Like we're not anti-free fonts at all. No. Like there are plenty of good ones out there. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to be working with good ingredients in your design. With the inventiveness and teamwork, future funds who are looking forward to the age of future funds. The big question is why? Because Carter's Little Liver Pills offer help in these two effective ways. They help relieve irregularity in an efficient, thorough, yet gentle manner. Usually, within a half hour after taking them, Carter's Little Liver Pills wake up the flow of a very important digestive juice. Lots of folks have answered the question successfully by taking Carter's Little Liver Pills. The future is ours or it isn't, like the present isn't. It's not about the people in charge. It's about everyone's notion of wealth. As I read, the Bauhaus is partially to blame, you know, separating architecture from decoration. I just talked to the psychologist about me going berserk if I see a house number the extended out of the side of the house. Or a the line from an office with buses where they wrote the line and the lowercase i as a window. Or concrete symbols for exit or escalator down on the wall as decoration. Those things freak me out. So sad. No language of form, no aristocracy. Just imbecilic gimmicks. I absolutely am horrified. How can they be so trailblazingly retarded towards art and beauty? We are sole wanderers on a planet of indifference. A disinterest in anything substantial. For each of us, scattered artists. In their world. Of no big ado. You're listening to Radio Slam. That totally different. Cool. Fashion is a reaction to the world around us. Once again, a conversation with Lauren Richardson. 
we're back. It's it's been a year. <laughs> and uh, you're goddamn right. It is. And I'm, I'm I'm looking at the fashion this year, and um, uh, oh, I don't have sound effects queued up. I need like a fart noise right now. Oh God. Uh, no, no, no. Can, it, can it be an dying, atomic bomb? It? It'll be atomic. It can. Uh, wait, I'm. Dubbing an atomic bomb here. Yeah. No one can afford anything. At least, uh, just rich people don't have taste anyway. That's so true. Yeah. I mean... I learned years ago, learn the difference between new and old money. And we're celebrating new money now. Just politically, it's like, oh, look at the rich people that don't know what the hell they're doing. It's such an ugly thing to celebrate... I think because, I mean, not not that old money is like more worthy of celebration, but I think that um, when you look at somebody who has so much resource and they don't know what to do with it, you can't. There's nothing exciting about that. No. It's like, oh, okay. So, I mean, you worked enough to gain the resources, but now you have them. And you actually need to hire other people to, like, figure out what to do with it. It's literally Kanye. I was talking to one of my stylist friends, and she said that she worked with Kanye. Uh, who's the Fear of God owner? Uh, Jerry Lorenzo. It's Kanye, and he hires in people to style and, like, create vision for him do you know what i'm talking about like he has the resources but he has to hire in other people to like help facilitate his vision the fuck is that that's kind of how corporations are run i mean i've worked for places where you hire the right people and you could be the author of a series of books I mean, I suppose it's cool if, like, the right person, I don't know, I I feel like sometimes I do have a lot of good ideas, but I don't know how to facilitate enough to be able to implement them. So, like, that kind of makes sense to me, to, like, give someone the resources to be able to create. I mean, you know, one of my causes that comes up, and uh, I always get funny looks when I say this, is I want people to think for themselves again. Uh, wouldn't that be cool? And as a teacher, that's sort of one of my missions. When it comes to fashion, I see so many people thrifting. And the ones who have figured out how to create their own personal style are the ones that look well, great. that's how it works. Because, because look at, this is true in terms of uh, real estate, in terms of just the way that the world works. If you want to know what next step to take, you look at what the art kids are doing. Because the art kids don't have fucking money, but they're the ones creating. How I've said that fashion is dead and, and personal style is, like, it's it's not in. It's a way of living at this point. It's so much more intriguing to see what the art kids are doing out of the thrift stores. Because, I mean, that's how fashion works to begin with. Because if you think of the way that, you know... Art kids go to the thrift store. They have first dibs on basically all the trends that go out long enough 
for people to go, oh, okay, that's clearly not coming back in. I've had this for 10 years. Time to get rid of it. And you have, you have, uh, you know, people who grew up during the time where it was like, it was like the late 90s, early 2000s. They would go out clubbing. It was Destiny's Child and J-Lo and everything was very like synthetic and there was Prince and all this like different kind of like funky cuts and like all sorts of weird shit going on. You know, all those like people's moms and like older sisters or whatever, they're all getting rid of the shit. It's ending up at the thrift stores. The art kids are getting their hands on it again and it's once again in fashion. And this is how fashion works. (laughs) Uh, and okay, so we just had fashion weeks and I'm looking at the stuff and my take on it is I am seeing Dadaism coming back. We talked, um, like last year when we started the second season of the podcast, you got a hold of me and said surrealism, everyone's doing surrealism. And the more I'm looking at things, I'm seeing just a really obsessive latch onto Dadaism. I mean, I'm following the Dadaism hashtag on Instagram and so many Dadaist collages are coming up. And then I look at Fashion Week and it looks like a Dadaist mess to me. I am seeing things that are just thrown together, recycled from other places. I mean, Michael Kors recycled an old dress pattern from history this past month and he just added color to it. We're getting to a point where we're starting to dismantle some of the structures that have existed so long in fashion. And I think that even since the 90s, we've been working toward this moment. Complacency has stepped in for so long that now people are starting to become more and more uncomfortable. I mean, it's effectively anxiety. You look at the youth now and everyone has anxiety and no one knows how to manage it because they don't know what to do with it. And the only way out of that is creation. And sometimes the way out of that, especially from such a a place of complacency for so long, you have to break it forcefully. And I think that we're looking at a lot of angry people starting to express themselves through these gnarly prints and collaging and Dadaism was protesting how many people died in a senseless world war it was anti-art anti-everything and personally i was looking at you know most of the runways and i was noticing that there was heavy like politically influenced messages with most of the, you know, bigger runways from New York. And um, I think that if you aren't making a political statement right now, you're not relevant. There were so many things that I was bored with. I'm bored. I'm bored because um, the moment that we're in is congruent to when you're at a job that you've hated. And you're sitting there going, when's the day going to come where I leave? When's the day that's going to come and, I, and I'm so sick of this shit that I finally get up and walk out and tell my boss to go shove it up his ass? Like, like when is that time coming? We don't know. Like, that's to be chosen. Like, yet. I'm, we're still at that point where we're like creating the same shit and we're seeing the same people on the runways like 
Like, love Gigi Hadid. She <laughs> is. Like, you look at Fashion Week, and oh, look, she's everywhere. Yeah. And is that the Gigi only model we have? Hadid. Yeah, it's the only model we have. Yeah, no. Like, I, I do love Gucci for, like, reaching, for being inclusive of skin tones and and being able to tell a narrative that is relative to who we want to see on the runway, um, including, like, not, I don't want to say weird people, but, like, people with very unique and interesting features. Um, and I love the fuck out of that. But... <clears throat> Gucci did not have that great of a runway. Gucci had a controversy, but I don't think the controversy really came from the brand. The controversy came from the model sort of commenting on that everyone's wearing straight jackets. And the concept of straight jackets is, yes, we are sort of stuck in these uniforms we have to wear. We're stuck in these jobs. We're stuck in this really fucked up world. Parallel to the angry explosive attitude that's coming through with the prints, with the cuts, with the Dadaism, with the anger is take no shit attitude in terms of the woman being represented and the woman narrative that's being spoken to and about. And that's that bitch. She is that bitch, and she is coming for your throat, and she's going to look really fucking good doing it. Like, I, I just, I haven't seen, especially in terms of everything that's coming out of New York, um, she is an empowered-ass woman, and we are here for it because... They're the last thing that we need in the United States is the mousy woman. We can come back to that at a at another time after this movement, but right now she's gotta be that bitch. And it doesn't matter if you're wearing, you know, the Christopher Cowan, you know, flagrant feminist, like, look at my body shape. I want you to see my fashion. I want you to like feel my attitude. It's colorful. The cuts are very sexy. All the way to taking a men's cut for a woman's body and you know making it pastel. The Max Mara runway was amazing for that. I loved the fuck out of it. It was menswear. It was utilitarian. Cuts were not to be fucked with. The pastel was inviting it draws you in it's softer but it's punchy and the character is such that bitch that i mean if you're not feeling the empowerment from the runways if you're not feeling the empowerment you're not looking you're not looking that's just the reality because the amount of attitude coming through the runways is just you can sink your teeth into it it's it's you know it's thick <laughs> but we need that anyone who's got a political statement to be made and everyone else can be forgotten period so who should we we be watching <sighs> i would love to see the underground brands really start to represent the attitude on the street. And I think that the attitude on the street right now is 
you know, light some shit on fire. Like we're getting to that point where it's like, you know, the injustices toward people of color and um, these these decisions being made on our behalf by our government. And I think that, you know, the outrage is building. It's building and building and it's going to erupt soon. And I think that I, I would not be shocked to see a runway with a fucking burning car in the middle of it next year. That's where we're headed. I think we're going to see another punk movement. It's going to feel very raw. And I, I think that's full circle for the Dadaist movement that's going on. Right now, I have friends that make um, clothes from either cut and sew, so they'll go and source materials from thrift or um, like Goodwill Outlet and stuff, and then they'll just like like Frankenstein their own works together. There's a guy that I follow, and he is one of probably the coolest dudes that I follow. His user is... I'm Thrift James, bitch. And and it's kind of like that girl who, like, takes, you know, school materials and, like, creates, like, shoes or vests or just, like, whole outfits out of, like, tents or whatever. It's kind of like that where he'll go out and he'll find, like, for instance, he'll find, like, a Tommy Hilfiger bag, like a, like a duffel bag or something, and he'll cut it apart and, like, he will turn it into a fanny pack or something like that. So... We're coming into this movement that's happening very much on the underground, which I'm sure will have to surface at some point. And this is the punk movement right now. I have punk friends who are either like, you know, ex-drug users or whatever. And like their creative outlet is to make these clothes. And it's either by screen printing, cut and sew, any of those like combinations. And I think that we are eventually going to see, and it's going to be an ugly version because these fashion houses are going to see what's, what people are buying and they're going to go, because this is what the art kids are making. This is, this is where the regurgitation is going to come from. They're going to go look at what the art kids are making, Frankenstein shit. They're going to reproduce it, ruin the whole thing, and then it's going to cause outrage. It's going to cause outrage because the whole point is recycling and reutilizing shit that's already been made. Because we're having issues with fast fashion. You know, uh, H&M makes a shirt for this, you know, incredibly small amount of money. They resell it at 8,000% or some bullshit. Um, You purchase it. You wear it once or twice. It gets a hole in it. You throw it away. And you have these people that go out and they thrift these items that you've thrown away and they fucking make something like 100% unique. And I think that that is where we're headed. The amount of creativity that I see people flex is absolutely awe-inspiring because these fashion houses could never. Mm -hmm. I cannot wait to see who rolls out 
from this this upcoming generation. I think that people are at their wits end about the way that we have structured the fashion realm. And I think that it has to dismantle before we can make anything else. Because I mean, it's like, like who's going to come into fashion? Uh, we've had these, I mean, even Mark Jacobs, Mark, Mark Jacobs, he emerged right after the eighties ended He's still considered a newcomer. I think we're gonna we're gonna get hit with a shitstorm of new designers when they when they finally hit the market. I mean, we're looking at a little bit of it going on right now, where you know you have Didu. Didu is one of these new designers um, that people are finding out about, and she is restructuring the way that we look at like. It's it's bridging a gap between club girls and, you know, anywhere from, like, office wear, utilitarian stuff, disco. I have seen so much shit, like, futurism stuff. Just, like, she pulls from everywhere and Frankensteins something into existence, and it's changing the perspective of the way that people are feeling about themselves. And I think that that is the difference. I think that when we look at these runways, for the most part, we kind of feel like the same bitch. You know, I'm looking at Gucci and I'm looking at Fendi and I'm looking at, we could just laundry list all the big fashion houses and I'm feeling the same. I am feeling like the same fucking character being fed different outfits. And I think that Didu is creating a different persona for people to feel. And I think that that is the future. I think that people need to start feeling different about themselves. You can wake up and become whoever you want. If you are angry inside, become that. You're angry. You don't have to fucking play anyone's game anymore. I think that that is where people need to find comfortability in the next five, ten years. I really hope that it happens faster than that, but I just know that we resist change. So five years would be great. Seventh Swami is in the house.
Uh, I love Radio Vlog. Oh, cool. It's one of my favorite podcasts or programs. Say hi. What your name is? Is. Is Oh, what the fuck does he want? Hey guys, what's going on with Noise Fest 23? Ah, damn it, Mahalo. <laughs> Let me put hey, this Steve. down. Hey, 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 how you doing? Hey. Okay, so it's coming up this weekend, and so I'm bugging you now because usually we cover this thing after it happens. No, so, that's great. Yeah. yeah. You know what? It's, no. it's sooner, and you know, sooner the better. No worries. Yeah. yeah. So what I love is you guys are totally underground. That's number one. Uh, the thing I think is most important about Noise Fest is you have to be there or you're not going to experience it. You can't really experience it through headphones. You have to be there and feel your intestines vibrate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'll, you'll feel it like vibrating through your lungs. And, you know, my, my very first Noise Fest, I believe, was 2010. Mm-hmm. It was when I started dating uh, Andrew here. I had no idea that there was a noise scene. It was something I you know, appreciated alone in my room by myself and knowing that there was a three-day festival dedicated to it, uh, I just wanted more. It's just, I went to day one, day two, day three, and it's just like, it's a full body experience. It's a mental experience. It's uh, an emotional experience. Um, It's really, it's, yeah, it's a real powerful experience. And it's why it's, it's why I've been involved with it for, I think this is, going i think we are about i think 13 years or 14 years now like i've gone back and forth between the dates when i started mm-hmm. working or started going and performing at the noise fest was either 2005 or 2006 and i think i found in 2006 was the first time i was on well speak for yourself i started volunteering uh 2011 or so but it, yeah right. all it took was that one experience and i wanted to do whatever i could to make sure this keeps going yeah yeah this has to keep going um, and Wolf, like the people that have been uh, involved with this, with uh, Lob and Lob and Bill and myself now and Denise now, and we've had people come and go throughout throughout the years, and many volunteers, people move out of town, um, and it, but like the the passion is there, and seeing people every year, it's, it does become like a family reunion. But yeah, it's oh absolutely noise is something that you have to see uh, in person. the The sound effects, the visuals. The interactivity of it, yeah, you really kind of nailed it on that. You're in the same spot you were the past few years, and aren't there new owners over there now? So, uh, by same spot, you mean uh, Luna's Cafe and uh, Cafe the Cafe Colonial. and yeah. the Colony. Yeah, we do have a change of hands, but um, you know, we we well, we are familiar with the. Uh, we do know the current owners, and we appreciate what they do, and wanting to save that space because it was a good space for all ages shows and it was probably the only spaces including you know the the cafe and the colony to host all ages shows and that was something that was important to the NorCal Noise Fest was to make it an all ages event Mm -hmm. Uh, because you have you know we have attendees as you know young as 12 and they want to start their you know they want to start fiddling with electronics you know the next day and we've had you know performers as young as uh, how old was Lydia um, I think she started at like uh, nine or ten, but I think <laughs> oh, it's a tarantula there, there was, pr- princess for the uh, princess, people yeah. at home. And we had another 
um, Act 7 or 8, I believe. Mm-hmm. And another uh, son of a guitarist who basically started coming up with his own stuff, found out about Noise Fest, and um, he got on as the youngest noise performer that we've had. Uh, but I sh- didn't research this properly before this you running into us. <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> so who is in the background right now? What is this noise? Love, I love these guys. Um, yeah, there are headliners tonight. Uh, this is the last act, Gentleman Surfer. Um, great local band. Uh, you, you know them more than I do. Yeah, they've been doing uh, kind of like a kind of like a really, really speed jazzy math math core thing, and they've been doing this for for a number of years. And a number of people have like uh, come and gone in the group, and every time I see them, the the, the band is just tighter and tighter. To find out about Noise Fest, and and I, I I love this. Most people don't, but I love that your website looks like something out of the nineties. Um, no comment. I'm a graphic designer, so I, I actually talked to a few things, and it was uh, Jay Truesdale who said to me, "Keep your mouth shut." <laughs> Those are wise words by Jay. Yeah, Jay, Jay's an, an original founder and a yes. great yeah. supporter of Noise Fest. So I I, I want to see him more. Jay, I owe you He's a funny dude. Yeah. <laughs> he actually was the one who originally turned me on to all this. Oh, that's great. Okay. Go to Noise Fest mm-hmm. if you're in Sacramento. It's not like your typical band that you're going to see at a nightclub. And don't stand there and look bored like everyone does at typical concerts in Sacramento. Go get involved. Talk to the artists. Look at the equipment. Um, hell, when they're not looking, touch the equipment. See if a fire yeah. starts. Oh, I didn't uh-uh. say that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of the artists hang out all weekend. So, and one of, one of the things about the Cafe Colonial and the Colony is that we have um, the bar and the and the uh, uh, kitchen open all day long. Everyone's just kind of hanging out in that area, talking shop. Come to Noise Fest, talk to us. You know, ask it, about what that weird thing is that we brought out, or yeah, or the, the the I want to say the not the just the DIY electronic scene, but like the noise scene and. Just also mixed with the art scene, it's it's one of the most, for lack of better words, friendliest. Like you want to yeah. think you see, you know, some dude, you know, slamming a card table with a bunch of pedals, and you know, he thinks he's not approachable, but he's like the sweetest guy in the world yeah. and uh, super encouraging, and just everybody is like incredibly friendly. It's the church of weirdos, really. Because church if, of weirdos. If you, I mean, I, I've met a lot of people that that uh, think that they listen to some weird music and whatnot. And you come out here and you have people that collect sound effects records and... Um, <laughs> Guilty. Uh, yeah, and the... Um, <laughs> uh, what was the other... Like, someone else I know was collecting um, uh, stereo test records. So all the oh, left channel, ah, right channel. Yeah. Like, those. Or people that grab old video equipment and do weird things with them, too. He's he he is looking at me yeah. for, for those <laughs> listening at home. <laughs> Flirting with my words. <laughs> Narcan Noise Fest 23, October 4th, 5th, and 6th, 2019, in Sacramento. D.
Details at norkelneuesfest.com We are all flawless. You can be too. Genuine Modern Radio. Radio Flaw. And now, Petunia Liebling McPumpkin, Bright Light City.
Radio Flom is sponsored in part by Superman Nietzsche's original concept not the other one and not the perverted Nazi version either Superman peppered today with a work life balance because how can anyone be awesome if they're working too much for the man remember Always bite off more than you can chew, but don't bite off more than you can swallow. Carter's Little Liver Pills Fixafile.com Low cost printing. Because you're going to need business cards right after you tell the man to stick it. Diego Val at DiegoVal.com and DeltaHMMusic.com 7th Swami at 7thSwami.com And our Super Level Sponsor Squadcast.fm Remote Interviews for Professional Podcasters Want a Super Podcast? Talk to Super People using Squadcast They'll be impressed And you'll be impressive Okay, hey, chat. So, hey. Uh, the premiere <laughs> of season three is coming up. Uh, oh, Cl- really? Yeah, Cliff Allen's super sick, though. Uh, oh, no. so he does the credits on the old episodes that I doubt you've ever listened to. Uh, probably not. Uh, so, yeah, Cliff, hope you <laughs> feel better. Feel better, Cliff. Uh, here's the script. Uh, oh, just, this. <clears throat> just whenever you're ready. Am I ready now? Yeah, just. Wait, I'm not ready. <laughs> okay, I'm ready now. From Sacramento, the heart of California and around the world, this has been Radio Flom, featuring a cast of dozens. Appearing on tonight's episode, in order, were Steve Mahalo, Seventh Swami, Richard de Razzo, Barbara de Zipster 4U, Dorothy Mehalo, Elsa Hewitt, Vicky Brown, Holly Hagehund, Kyle Mitzel, Jeanne Mehalo, Suzanne Lebrick, Des Prez and Kevin Scott Brown of Danger Us. Milk Surface. Trinket. Lizzie Gersten and Travis Cochell of Future Fonts. Tristatia Longorium. Lauren Richardson. Chopstick and Denise Chanelli for NorCal Noise Fest. Petunia Libli McPumpkin. And Chad Andre. Yeah. Continuity provided by our announcers, Jason Spryers, Audrey Daggett, and Cliff Allen. Radio Flom is produced by Steve Mahalo and Milk Surface as himself. Theme music by Chelsea Davis. Sound design and engineering by Steve Mahalo. Radio Flom is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license. However, recordings of contributors or guests of Radio Flom are still protected under international copyright law. All episodes can be downloaded for your convenience. Radio Flom contains works features by, for, preview, opinion, critique, and or artistic transformation and will contain adult content and nudity. Flom is a faux modern art moment, art history resource that promotes learning and education through new and alternative media. Flom is your online connection to art history, music, and beyond through Instagram, Twitter, and other social media. We are all Flomists. You can be too. 
donations graciously accepted at patreon.com slash flommus, that is F-L-O-M-M-U-S, or just buy us a coffee at flom.us slash coffee. We are at Flommist on most social media. Flom is sometimes explained, but usually not. This is Cliff Allen no, saying no. thank you for listening. Oh, and if you don't like this podcast, <sighs> do something about it. Did I do good? Yeah. No, it was for review, not preview. That's fucking important. Oh. What I want to know is... How do you cure hiccups? Uh, me personally, I do diaphragm exercises that make me look like a crazy person. (gasps) (gasps) Like, I have to stretch my diaphragm enough and then, like, push the air out really fast. And so, you know when you get hiccups and someone tries to, like, scare you? It's because you clench your diaphragm. That's how you cure it.